It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us for a special edition of the podcast, an exclusive conversation with BYU graduate transfer Matt Harms. Decided to transfer from Purdue University to join the BYU basketball program. Had a chance to sit down with him exclusively right here on the podcast to talk about the decision-making process, his background as a basketball player, who he draws inspiration from, what he knows about BYU even before stepping foot on campus for the first time. So a great conversation with a great young man who is joining the BYU basketball program. So here you go. Without further ado, BYU graduate transfer Matt Harms on the Locked On Cougars podcast. Pleased to welcome in now Matt Harms. First off, Matt, thanks for taking the time. Did I pronounce your last name correctly? Um, just as close as I've heard Americans get. Um, okay. The Dutch way is actually Harms. Harms? I, I take Harms. I take Harms. Harms is just fine. Okay, so Harms, is that right? Uh, yeah, it's, it's two okay. A's, so okay. you got to really, really drag it on. Right. It's fine. I, I'm fine with Harms. We'll, we'll, we'll avoid slaughtering it going forward here. <laughs> but, Matt, thanks for taking the time. It's good to catch up with you. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. So let's start off here. Uh, you recently announced you've committed to be a graduate transfer and join the BYU basketball program. Uh, what are your overall thoughts on joining Mark Pope and the Cougars? Uh, just a really high level of excitement right now. You know, um, recently announced that I was committing, so it's still all very, very exciting and very new right now. Uh, meeting a lot of new people every single day. Uh, you know, just getting more and more people. You know, that uh, are affiliated with the program have given me a, a warm welcome. So I'm really excited to, you know, hopefully get the Provo as soon as possible. You know, of course I don't know anything right now with uh, with everything that's going on, but I hopefully get there as soon as possible. I wanted to ask you about that. You haven't been to Provo and seen the campus in person. How unique has this recruiting experience been for you? Um, it, it's been pretty unique, but it's, it's actually been in a way that um, I really haven't had any problems with. You know, as, as an older guy, um, you know, I, I really wasn't looking to see campus and all that stuff. You know, I'm, it's it's a it's a one year business trip. Uh, that's the way I look at it. You know, not even not even twelve months. Um, so it's. It's just the way I've looked at it as, you know, like all the information that I really need, uh, I can get over the phone and during like video calls and that kind of stuff. So I've been able to get all the, you know, I was able to get all the information I needed just uh, through those things. You know, the, the people that I really feel bad for, you know, kids that are looking for a, for a place for four, maybe five years uh, for a school and that are now having to go through the process without being able to take a visit. But for me, it, it was quite easy, actually. You didn't indicate you're a little bit older. You're 23 years old. You've got one year of college basketball experience still to go, I guess. You have one more year of eligibility. Uh, explain a little bit your background in basketball. Uh, it may help people clarify, okay, why is this guy 23 years old and still playing college basketball? Um, so I was already old. I already graduated when I was, when I was pretty old. And then I uh, did a postgraduate year, um, you know, causing me to be even older. And then I enrolled in college. So it's... Um, and then the, age, the year starts stacking up if I was already kind of old when I graduated and then it, uh, taking that fifth year of high school as well. Um, so should have been should have been one year younger, but here I am. 
uh, reading up on you a little bit here, I, I, I read up that you played soccer and also participated in judo before you took up basketball. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. Um, soccer was just me and my dad in the backyard, uh, you know, just setting up two trees with a goal. And then oh, I played goalie. That's, that's what I enjoyed. So um, I never really played in a, in a club setting or anything like that. But judo I actually did for about a year. Um, before basketball, I just kind of did sports because my mom told me I needed to leave the house. Um, but now, you know, um, I started basketball when I was around 12 years old. Uh, also because my mom told me I needed to do something because I had quit judo at the time. Uh, and at that point, I just kind of fell in love with basketball and I started doing it more and more. And now here we are. Well, at 7'3", why aren't you a goalkeeper and covering every shot ever known to man? I didn't like diving on the ground. That wasn't the part that I enjoyed. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, So how did you come across playing basketball? Was it something you saw on TV? How did you come across playing the sport? Uh, Well, one of my... um one of my classmates, actually, his dad was a basketball coach for a local club, and he'd been um, asking my parents for years, because I was a really tall kid, uh, you know, he'd been asking my parents for years, like, please just let, make him come to one practice, or like this one Christmas tournament, and we'll like, he'll love it, we swear. Um, so, and that's, that's what they did, you know, like, I quit judo, and they were like, hey, like, you should try out this, this basketball thing. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed it, and I just started with that club and I played for that club for six years where does your height come from are your parents tall seven three that's pretty rare to be honest right the way I always say it is um you can't you can't get the seven three with just one side of the family you know supporting you you got to have it from both sides so my dad is about uh six seven uh his you know his older brother is about six five his dad is about six five uh one of his sisters is actually also six five and another is like six one so they're really tall uh, and then my mom's family my mom is about six feet uh but she's the shortest one in her entire family you know all her family is taller than she is um so that's how i always say you know you got to get it from both sides if you want to get to seven feet <laughs> All right. So uh, you mentioned the fact that your parents, your, well, your mom in particular, she's, she wanted you out of the house. Uh, when you started playing basketball, was it like something you took to immediately? Was it, or was it something you had to kind of learn to love? Oh, no. I, well, I liked it right away. Uh, you know, I really enjoyed doing it because, you know, after a year, that's kind of the, the longest I'd stuck with any other sport. Uh, I just was excited to keep doing it. But um, I wasn't very good, though. You know, I wasn't very good at basketball. So more came just from enjoying what I was doing. It wasn't just because I was, you know, slaughtering people on the court. <laughs> um, I was just really enjoying my time every time I would go over there and I'd be excited to go to practice and that kind of stuff. And it was, you know, it had been the opposite with the things I'd done before. I, I'd be asking to quit every single week. So. So it was uh, basketball was really different in that way. Uh, when you showed up at Purdue, I, I believe you actually overlapped uh, with Isaac Hawes. Am I correct in that? Yes. So my uh, my retro year was his uh, was his junior year. Okay. Uh, so we played together. For, I, we practiced together for a year, and then we played together for a year. Okay. So the radio station I work for, the Zone Sports Network here in Salt Lake City, were actually the Utah Jazz flagship, and Hawes was actually a draft pick of the Utah Jazz, and is currently playing for the Salt Lake City Stars. So I felt like that was a pretty unique con- uh, connection you had there. But both of you, Hawes is also a big guy, seven p- feet plus, at least seven two. Uh, you, you list you at two hundred and fifty pounds. I think he was around that same weight what about purdue and you tall giants playing in the middle for them i really don't know you know isaac is a little bit bigger than i am he's about 290 300 pounds Uh, and so he's he's always been kind of 
Um, people thought he was my big brother for a while, but it's it's from it went from Hammonds to Haas to Harms, so it's the the H A name. Okay. Uh, so I, you know, I hope they can find a new one now. Just, people always say they think they're <laughs> we're growing in the labs is because they get the the H A big centers. When you decided to leave Purdue, I think it surprised some people. What ultimately went into that decision? Decide, you know what, I want to find greener pastures and play my final season of college elsewhere. Uh, you know, just looking for somewhere where I can have a bigger opportunity. You know, my dreams is um, playing professional basketball, uh, making the NBA. So, you know, just looking at a place where um, I could see it like I felt that I could pay, uh, place myself in the best position to do that. Uh, and, you know, just throughout my recruitment process, uh, you know, BYU said all the right things, and that made me really believe that 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 uh, this is the place that I'm going to be, you know, finishing my career in, in a great way. There you go. Part one of my conversation exclusively here on Locked On Cougars with Matt Harms. We'll get to part two here in just a second. Before we do that, though, obviously a young man like Harms has a goal of making it to the NBA. I want to encourage you guys to check out Chad Ford's NBA Big Board, a brand new podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Chad Ford has some of the foremost minds and authorities on the NBA and the NBA draft on with him weekly to talk about basketball. And of course, well, Chad Ford himself was formerly the ESPN NBA insider when it came to the NBA draft. He knows everything there is to know about the draft, has great insights on it. So check out Chad Ford's NBA Big Board right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Let's get to part two of my conversation with Matt Harms here on Locked on Cougars. When we were talking with Coach Pope about this, uh, we asked him, okay, what went into the recruitment of, of Matt? How did you get to know him? He said that Nick Robinson was the first coach from BYU to reach out to you. Uh, I want to let you kind of explain what the whole process has been in terms of getting first in contact with BYU and then how they went about selling you on their program. Right, uh, you know, so it started off. Coach Robinson was the first one to reach out. Uh, we, you know, talked a little bit, and you know, we set up a time to get on the phone, um, get on the phone with Coach Pope, and you know, from that point, I just kind of got to know the entire coaching staff. Um, kept talking, you know, then started getting on the phone with Coach Pope a lot. Um, so it was a it was a really fun recruiting process for me because I just kind of. Um, got to know everybody. You know, I kind of I felt like at the end of the process, I really felt like I knew everybody at BYU, and I knew the, what the plan was. Uh, Coach Pope's a pretty effervescent uh, personality, nonstop motor. Uh, is that the vibe you got from him initially? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, the, that last week before my decision, you know, we'd be on the phone every single day, and he'd call me and be like, oh, I just need three minutes. Uh, you know, and then 45 <laughs> minutes later, we'd still be on the phone. You know, he's got that endless energy, um, and that's really exciting. You know, I, I feel like I'm a guy that plays with a lot of energy, that plays with a lot of hype. Uh, so seeing a guy like him, you know, really put in all that work and just kind of be nonstop. Uh, with that energy was really, uh, really cool to see for me. Obviously, Coach Pope uh, played for Kentucky, also played in the NBA. Uh, Chris Burgess, one of his assistants, also a highly sought-after prospect when he was in college, played at Duke in Utah, and then went on to a professional career. Both of them are big men, 6'10". How uh, big of an influence did that have, knowing that, hey, I've got two coaches here who are going to help develop me as a big man? 
Uh, that was really big. Uh, you know, um, Coach Pope, I, I knew a little bit about him, but then learning about Coach Burgess and how, you know, special he's been uh, just in working with the bigs. And they showed me that, too. You know, they, they weren't afraid to just show me what they had done. Um, you know, looking at the numbers, there there's uh, staff that really believes in, in the analytics side of basketball. Uh, so they walked me through all that. And then they showed me the results, you know, how they'd done it. Uh, in that year at BYU, and just one short year, the the results they'd already achieved. So um, I really believe, you know, in, in both of them, and uh, trust them with my development. What did you know about BYU before uh, you ever got in contact with them? Anything? Uh, well, this year, of course, was was huge for them. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, like I, they really made an impression on me, just as a a team that was just playing the right way and winning through it. You know, just a very. Um, sharing the basketball, you know, playing fast, shooting the three at a really high percentage. So I, I've been really impressed with them uh, with their play this year. Uh, of course, you know, Yoli Child's a, child, a phenomenal player. And, of course, you know, uh, I was familiar with BYU from the, the Jimmer Fredette days. Okay, so you actually watched Jimmer and those guys back in the day then? Yeah, I mean, I mean who didn't? Uh, you know, <laughs> at that time, it was, uh, it was just a phenomenal player. Well, I was going to ask you about that here in just a second. Because we'll go to it right now because uh, you're 23. So Jimmer Fredette, we're looking nine, ten years ago. So you would have been 13, 14. Is that right around when you were starting to play basketball, et cetera? Right. Uh, so that was actually, you know, when I was 13, 14, was only 12, 13, 14 was only the, the only years that we actually had uh, East Gen okay. um, <laughs> <laughs> back home. So, you know, they canceled it. Uh, in the Netherlands because nobody was watching it um, when I was like 15, 16. So those years, those first couple of years that I played basketball were actually the only years that I got to uh, watch the tournament on TV and watch some college basketball on TV. So that's how I kind of got exposed to uh, guys from back then. Awesome. That's actually pretty unique. Though. You got the one window when BYU was uh, – Jimmer Fredette was almost a nightly thing on ESPN during that during that era, it felt like. Definitely, yeah. All right. Uh, so, Matt, I wanted to ask you, of course, you're 7'3", but a lot of people look at your shooting numbers, especially from the three-point line. Uh, you shot just over 31% last year at Purdue. Uh, Coach Pope, in speaking with the media, believes that you have the stroke or the ability to uh, connect on even more than that. Is that something that BYU has highlighted? when they were recruiting you that they think, hey, you can actually be an offensive threat all the way out to the three-point stripe? Uh, yeah, you know, they, they totally believe in that. You know, it's something that I truly believe in and that I, I believe that I, you know, continue putting the work in and, um, you know, work really hard on continuing to develop it. I can be a, a real threat from out there. And uh, Coach Pope totally agreed, and it just came out right away with, you know, an approach how to do it. You know, they just had a plan for everything, which is why I was so impressed with them. Do you see yourself as a, a, a three-shooting five? Do you see yourself as a stretch four? How would you classify yourself as a big man? Uh, I think I can be both. Uh, you know, like I feel like my, my uh, defense is good enough to play both those positions. Uh, I think that's where you always got to start. You know, if you can play the four offensively, it doesn't mean you can play defensively. Uh, so, you know, I've had a lot of success guarding at the five, but I feel like I can step out and guard in space as well. Uh, so, you know, it starts there. And then on offense, I feel like I have the ability to uh, play both inside and out. You averaged just over two blocks per game last year for Purdue. Uh, when I was actually talking on this podcast previously about you and uh, what you might bring to BYU, uh, I looked at some of the defensive metrics, and I actually called you the college version of Rudy Gobert, of course, a star for the Utah Jazz. How do you respond to that uh, comparison? Um, that is really high praise, and I would really appreciate that. You know, like Rudy Gobert, someone I look at as I mean, probably the best defender in the NBA, so he's just such a a big influence on my game, you know, someone I try to look at, look at to see how, you know, 
not necessarily on offense. You know, I feel like a lot of guys, when they say they're idle, they just look at their offensive game, but he's such a dominant force on defense, um, you know, with that huge wingspan, that, and the way he just affects games on that end has really been an inspiration to me. What is the key to uh, averaging as many blocks as you have at the collegiate level? Because this is a, it's a, almost a different game in college basketball than the NBA. What is the key to averaging as many blocks as you have so far in your career? Uh, honestly, I don't think it's about averaging averaging blocks. Uh, I think you know it's it's about having the right timing, of course. You know, being able to get up there and having a good wingspan to just get blocks. Uh, but I think what it's mostly about is just altering shots. Uh, you know, like that's my number one goal. I don't go out there with the goal of blocking ten shots. I go out there with the with the goal of altering as many shots as I can. Uh, you know, because sometimes you're not able to block a shot without fouling. So then it's just about being there and you know making the shooter uncomfortable and uh, making them alter it and of course a block is you know the ultimate expression of that uh, but I think it's most of the time it's just about going out there and uh, altering shots without fouling you know sometimes you need to go vertical sometimes you need to you know get in there and kind of mess with the ball a little bit so um, you know the blocks are the only things that are, that are countable stats but <laughs> the altered shots are what I really really think about going into games. Quinn Snyder, the Utah Jazz head coach, would love you for saying that. By the way, he he he, he highlights that all the time about Rudy Gobert in particular. It's like it's the blocks are what people look at because it's actually in the box score, but it's mm-hmm. all about the altered shots and the guy the shots the guys don't attempt because of a guy like Rudy or yourself sitting there in the paint. Right, you know that's something I really saw my my first year. People just kind of run at me just because they didn't really didn't know who I was, uh, and in very limited minutes I was able to average two blocks a game. Uh, you know then. My sophomore year, I started playing more, but I kind of retained those boxes because people were, were just kicking it out, you know, kicking it out for another shot or an extra shot. And I feel like, you know, that um, made it a lot tougher on, um, on offenses just because they were like, we don't want to just try to make a layup over there because we know he's going to alter it. You've had an average through your career at Purdue of about 20 minutes per game, give or take, maybe a bit more than that. Uh, are you hoping to see that number go up at BYU? Um, you know, that's... Um, that was a big reason I, I left Purdue, you know, because I really wanted to get a bigger opportunity. Um, and Coach Pope never promised me anything. You know, he never promised you're going to play 30, 35 minutes a game. He just said, like, you know, that if you if you can do it and if you're willing to put the work in, then that opportunity is going to be there for you. And that's what it's about for me. Uh, you know, I'm not looking to be given anything. Um, so I hope to show Coach Pope that I am a guy that can play 30, 35 minutes a game, uh, you know, uh, through being the best conditioned big in America. Um, and then if I can prove that to him, I – hope that I can earn those minutes from them. Uh, have they uh, talked to you, I'm assuming they have, about the number of uh, big guys they have on the roster currently, guys like Richard Harward, Wyatt Lowell, Colby Lee, have they mentioned those guys to you already? Yeah, they've talked about a lot of them, uh, you know, about all of them, and just about more of the opportunity to play with them, uh, play together with them, you know, with me at the four, or me at the five, with some of those guys at the four, uh, just a lot of opportunities to, to mix up that front line. There you go, part two with Matt Harms, BYU graduate transfer. We'll get to the final few thoughts from him as we wrap up the conversation I had with him exclusively earlier today right here on Locked On Cougars. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys to check out the Locked On Cougars podcast. Make sure you're following or subscribing to the podcast wherever you're listening to us on. If you're listening to us on Spotify, hit that follow button. If you're listening to us on Apple iTunes, hit that subscribe button. Make sure you never miss an episode of this podcast it's a great time we talk BYU sports Monday through Friday with you guys and love having you guys involved in the show so make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening to us that way you always are up to date and by extension you are the smartest BYU fan in the room
Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right, final part of my conversation with Matt Harms here, BYU graduate transfer exclusively here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. Coach Pope, uh, going back to the conversation we had with him as a media, as the media, he said that you, your emotion, in his opinion, spills over from the court into the stands. What are your thoughts on that kind of a statement? Um, you know, I would I would agree with that. You know, I, I think I mean it comes from the other it comes the other way too. You know, I play really well when uh, the fans are behind it. So you know, it was awesome to see how how good the fans at the Marriott Center are. Uh, you know, to see that because that's where I take a lot of get a lot of my energy from. Uh, and then I try to give it right back to them. You know, I try to get right back, give right back to those fans with just providing them energy, playing hard, doing everything I can, you know, to give them an exciting moment uh, to really get behind the team. You played in the Big Ten at Purdue. You now come to the West Coast Conference. Gonzaga, of course, has been kind of the big dog in this conference for going on two decades at this point. Uh, is Gonzaga a team you're familiar with, uh, having watched them because of their national profile? Uh, of course. You know, uh, Gonzaga is a. Uh, uh, the team that's contending for the national championship every year, uh, you know. So that's it was good to you know to see that uh, BYU is in a conference with them because it's a great opportunity twice a year uh, to play a really good team. And outside of that, I think the West Coast Conference is a very respectable conference. Outside of that, so it's um, some great opportunities in that league. What went into uh, you when when you decided to start shooting more three pointers? Is that something that uh, Coach Painter and the Purdue staff said, "Hey, you should give this a shot," or was it something that you you went to them with and said, "Hey, I believe I can be a threat all the way out to the three point line"? Um, you know, it's kind of mutual. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's something that uh, any coach would like to have, of course. Yeah. Um, just you know, the way I would have liked, you know, looking back on the year, I would have liked to shoot more. Um, but that was just you know not the way our system was running. There were we were just running a a bit of you know, a different system at Purdue, uh, and that's something I, of course, I needed to do. To I wasn't going to play outside the system there, um, but you know, that's also one of the reasons I believe that it was a better fit out there for me uh, than Purdue's system, and then the way that Purdue was playing. So that was, you know, another reason I left. I don't think it was a fault. Uh, you know, I can't fault Purdue for that. You know, there's a very distinct style there, and um, it it has worked. Uh, I just don't think that I was the best fit for that anymore going into the next year. You uh, you played your postgraduate or post high school year at, at Sunrise Christian Academy, if not mistaken, there in Kansas. Then you went to West Lafayette, Indiana, to play at Purdue. Now you're going to be coming to Elevation to play at BYU. Have you ever been to the Intermountain West of the United States of America? Have you been out this way at all at any point in your life? Yeah. So my um, my AAU team uh, that I played on, uh, Chauncey Bell Elite, uh, is from Colorado. Okay. Uh, so you know, I've, I'm familiar with the elevation before it. Um, it was, I was struggling a little bit in those practices. You know, we were practicing uh, in the facility there. Uh, if we weren't at a tournament, so it's uh, it's something that I'm familiar with, and I'm you know excited to. Uh, a lot of teams aren't ready for the elevation, so I'm, I'm excited to be able to you know play in that. Last couple of things for me here. Uh, speaking with Matt Harms, Matt, uh, let's let's talk about uh, your education. You're going to be a graduate transfer. What did you study at Purdue, and what do you plan to study at BYU? 
Um, so at um, Purdue, I will be getting a degree in political science. Um, and then at BYU, I really haven't decided yet. You know, I'm just starting the application process. I'm looking at a lot of the degrees, um, postgraduate degrees that are out there. Uh, I actually just had a meeting about this yesterday. Uh, you know, just I was just going to see what's out there. You know, there's a couple of things that have piqued my interest, but nothing that I haven't really made a final decision on that yet. You're graduating in political science. Do you have hopes to go into politics one day? What 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 prompted you to pick that major? Um, it was just something that I found very interesting. You know, it's um, so, some very current issues. You know, it's things that uh, the way the world's going today. So it's it seems to be you know uh, as someone who's been in a lot of different environments. You know, I've lived in the Netherlands. I've lived in Spain. I've lived in Kansas. You know, I've lived in a lot of different places. Um, so it's something that really interested me. Just kind of connect those perspectives in a way. And then. Do you have aspirations of going on to play professional basketball, the NBA? What are your ultimate goals in this sport? Uh, my dream, of course, is to go to the NBA. You know, I'm, I'm willing to do anything to get there. Um, and uh, that's that's what this year is. You know, that's why uh, I chose BYU. I feel like they really have the best plan in place for me uh, to be able to help me reach that goal. Uh, you know, they really... They basically told me, you know, hey, if you're willing to put the work in, then we're going to do every single thing we can to help you get there. Um, so that was really important to me, you know, to, to see that commitment coming from their side, you know, basically saying, you know, if I'm willing to do what it takes, they'll be right there with me in every step of the way. So that was really important. Well, Matt, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. I wanted to open the floor to you. Are there any other thoughts or uh, anything else you have that you wanted to pass along to BYU fans before we wrap this up? Well, you know, I wanted to thank all the fans that have given me an extremely warm welcome so far. Uh, you know, it's been absolutely amazing to see the uh, the fan support already, and I cannot wait uh, to play in front of all of you in the Marriott Center. The social media has been lighting up a little bit. I, I would take it. Yeah, it's been it's been absolutely awesome to see the support. All right, well, Matt, I can't thank you enough once again for taking some time to join us here, and look forward to catching up with you down the road as you get closer to moving out here to Provo and also getting ready to play for BYU. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. There you have it. Matt Harms, BYU graduate transfer. I think he's going to be a great addition to the BYU basketball fraternity. I think he is a great young man. Had a great conversation with him. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you guys. A big thank you to him. You can follow him on Instagram and Twitter. Check him out. Matt Harms, M-A-T-T-H-A-A-R-M-S. I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name correctly, as you heard me do in the beginning of that interview. It's going to just sound awful so I don't want to slaughter it so we'll just leave that alone but a big thank you once again to him for taking the time to join us here on Locked On Cougars can't thank him enough for doing that Uh, send him some thanks also on social media let him know that you appreciate him taking the time people when they come on this podcast they love getting positive feedback and hearing from fans that enjoyed the conversations that you're hearing here on the podcast each and every day Uh, make sure to follow the show on social media Facebook Instagram and Twitter at Locked On Cougars. Also make sure to drop us a note anytime you want via email. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. And my personal Twitter feed, if you want to follow me there, is at Jacob C. Hatch. Have a great rest of your day whenever you're listening to this. This has been a special edition of the Locked On Cougars podcast.
Hey Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.